Let's go to God's Word, a special Sunday morning here at Fellowship Church. Uh, Thirty years ago, my mother was, uh, was murdered by my stepdad. She had been at a little country church where she got saved years before on a Wednesday night service. And uh, my brother had bought her a new truck because my stepdad had taken away all transportation from her for quite a while. And uh, she was showing everybody her little truck out in the parking lot. And she went home, and uh, she was getting ready for bed, and uh, she had false teeth. She was doing her teeth in the little back bathroom and getting ready for bed, and my stepdad walked to the doorway of that little small half bath and uh, shot my mother six times with a three fifty seven Magnum. And uh, then he sat and reloaded the gun and shot himself. And uh, that's what my family found. On Thanksgiving morning, 1993. And that'll that'll sure change your life, you know. But I'd like to, that's a a hard story. It's a hard to even listen to. but, But God can cause all things to work together for good to them who love God. And guys, we live a long time, many of us. We live through some hard stuff. But I'd like to share with you the life of my mom for a little bit today and see how maybe she can be a blessing to you and her life can help your life as it's helped my life. So 30 years have come and gone, but mama what? Mama lives on. Now, see, I don't know that about you. I don't know that you're going to go to heaven. I want you to. I want you to know the Lord. I want you to be saved. I want you to put your faith in Jesus Christ because if your faith isn't in Him, you will not have everlasting life. That's what the Bible says. But yeah, but somebody else said something. Yeah, they said something else, all right. They didn't say what the truth is. But Mama knew the truth, and the truth set her free, regardless of the situation she faced. So she lives on, and she lives on today. She lives on in me. That's my Mama right there. Some of you wonder, what's his Mama look like? Well... Why that picture? That's the last time I saw Mama alive. That was a dress she made. She made that dress for my brother Terry's wedding. And uh, so that's the last time I saw her. What a great woman. What an awesome woman. And uh, she's the same age as me right now. When she was killed, that was I'm 61. That's how old she was. 30 years ago. But we're talking about something today. We're talking about you got to give God His first is the title of my message. And it's not a message about money. And if you know me pretty well, we don't do too many of those around here, do we? Yes or no? Amen. Have you set under messages on me where I've told you you need to do this and do that and do that with your money? Yes or no? Do I tell you how to manage your money? Yes or no? Flat out, I don't. A lot of you came from churches where they do that. That's on them. That ain't on me. I do it the way I do it. And... uh a lot of things I do, I learned. I learned from God's Word. I learned from good people. And I learned from a woman like my mama. I remember the gleam in my mama's eyes when, when she would put her gift in the offering plate on a Sunday morning. We just had the offering. She was happy, man. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, after we became Christians years ago, I, I went off to college, became a, a young pastor in a town called Inglewood, and uh, I would travel back home and preach at that little old country church. It had me back, want me to preach. 
And so what did I do before I got up to preach? I also sing, and they'd have me sing a few songs. But before all that, they'd have a song or two, and then they'd take the offering. And I would sit right over here, right where y'all are. But now, it was a little old country church. You know, they had the pews, about ten of them, left and right. They won't know middle. <laughs> and I would sit right next to my mama before I would preach. Because I didn't get to see her that much. She was proud of me, but I was proud to be by her. And that offering would come by, and she'd look at me, and she would go, you got to give God his first. (laughs) And I'd see it. I saw something in her eyes. Was your mama rich? Oh, no. Mm -mm. Mama had something most people don't have. And I'd like to share that with you today because you can have it too, okay? And it, 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 it has a lot to do with our ministry. But she said, you got to give God his first. Now, she didn't beat that over me. you got to give God his first. She didn't do any of that mess. She was just telling me how she felt. She was prepared to give. You hear me, yes or no? Let's talk about it, Rod. you got to push me, buddy. That attitude of giving and living for God, say that last part with me, permeated my what? Giving and living for God. We just came through Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is also thanks living. Live that way. Uh, once a year, we're going to have some turkey, watch some football. We're celebrating Thanksgiving. That's craziness. It's good. I like it. But, man, we need to be thankful people and live for Christ. But, but her attitude was incredible, and her life was incredible. But it was way deeper than just that offering on Sunday. It was, it was way deeper. you got to give God his first. And, and it touched my life. And guys, these are things I've thought about for many years. And I could write multiple books on my mother. (laughs) I'll tell you that right now. But I've learned lessons over the years since she's passed. When my mama came to Jesus Christ, who was she? Who was this woman, your mama? My mama was a drunk. My mama was a wreck. She left my daddy for some other man. Shacked up with him in the house. My brothers are grown and gone. And I had to live with this monster in my house. He was a horrible person. But she met him and several years together. And then she married him. Dumbest decision ever. And now he's catting around on her, cheating on her. I'm 15 and a half, going on 16 years old. And she had nothing but sorrow now. She's sitting in a chair on a Saturday night. I came in from partying with my friends. And she was sitting there drunk. That was a normal sight I saw. And she said, we're going to church in the morning. I cussed her out. GD, F, whatever. Slammed the door to my room. Madder than a hornet. But I noticed what was going off on TV. It was Billy Graham on the TV, the preacher. (laughs) Billy Graham. (laughs) So, you know what next morning we did? She got me up. (laughs) Man, I hated her for that. Got me up. Me. And I heard her in there. And she was going without me if she had to. And look, we didn't have a car then. We had nothing. We didn't know where church was. What church? What are we doing? You're an idiot. We walked. 
First church we came to is about a mile plus away, up a hill, by the way, on the left. And we walked onto that campus, and you know what? She did that and went back home and got drunk, did it for three solid weeks. We did that, and the third week, she got saved. She put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and so did her hell-raising teenager son. And she went home that day and poured out her pap's blue ribbon because that was the devil to her because that's what held her captive. And she poured it down the cast iron sink in the kitchen. And she never drank another drop. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Crazy. Crazy what happened. But she came, when she came to Jesus, she came what? She came empty handed. So often we come to Jesus this way. I'm good. I've done this. I've done that. I've done the other. Listen, you need to pop yourself in the mouth. Talking like that to him, the son of God who loved you and gave himself for you and me. We come empty handed, friend. Do you hear me? Yes or no? And that's how mama came. December 18th, 1977. She made the decision to personally put her faith and trust in God's son, Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Let's talk about it. Mama, how'd you do it? How'd you do it, mama? Well, she knew very little. She didn't know much. She didn't know the Bible. You might be here today and say, I don't know the Bible. How can I go to heaven, Clark? I don't know. Look, she accepted best she knew how that Jesus was what? Say it again. That Jesus was what? And you know what? And, and that he what? He really loved her. She accepted that. You can do that today. You can do that today. You can do that today. That's what she did. But you got to give God his first. What does that mean? What does that mean? Number one, here's what mama did. Say it out loud. She gave God her when? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We try everything else. I'll give church. I'll give some good works. I'll give some money. How about you just back on up and give God your heart? What does that heart mean? That means down deep inside your gut. That means I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe. You hear me, Carson? I was proud of that joker yesterday. I said, why do you want to get baptized, son? What does it mean to you? He said, he don't know everything. He told me he's been watching The Chosen. He told me he's also been reading his Bible. Of course, he's been coming here. But he said baptism to him meant surrender. Smart young man right there. Amen. Come on, my brother. Amen. (laughs) Smart young man. (laughs) That's what mama did. Mama surrendered. Mama surrendered. I've screwed up my life. How about I do this? Amen. That's what she did. And she said this, I believe, to the Lord. Would you say it out loud? If you'll... Here I am. You're getting to know my mama now, aren't you? And God said this to my mama. Say it out loud. I'll have you. How many were like my mom? You, I mean, you were a sinner when you came to Christ and God had you. Let me see some. He had me, baby. It's good stuff, baby. Come on. We're the craziest people to be self-righteous in church. We're the, cra- we're the ones that should know how pathetic we are. And we come off arrogant to a world out there, and they don't want to have nothing to do with us. What? We have lost our minds. We need to get back to mama thinking. <laughs> you hear me or not say? 
She never forgot. And it's the start that stops most people. Say that out loud. It's the what? That stops most people. You're here today and you do not have to go home lost today. You can go to heaven today. You can get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life today if you'll put your faith in Christ. If you'll give God your heart. Where is that in the Bible? Now you can come up with a million excuses why you can't. You know, why you can't do all that. I don't want to hear all that. Let's talk about the Bible. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, even a drunk like my mama, yeah, that whosoever believes in him should not what? But have everlasting life. What's the Bible say about getting saved? If you shall confess with your mouth, your mouth, pray to the Lord Jesus, and you'll believe in your heart, that's down deep, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be what? Saved. That's the Bible. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your what? Your heart. Not your works. With your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Well, I think this, this will get me to heaven. That's you being crazy. Trust Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll do what? He'll direct your path. So God gave, he, uh, my mother gave her, uh, the Lord her heart. And she did that first. She did that first. He wants you. God loves you. He accepts you. Where? Right where you are. For her, horrible life. <laughs> a chair. A drunk. And still, God. That was God's word speaking to my mother. That was God's Holy Spirit that touched my mother. That motivated her to say, we're going to church in the morning. God has motivated you. You're here today or you're watching online. Don't take that for granted. This is your chance. You hear me? It's incredible. So she gave God her heart first. If you'll have me, here I am. And God said, what? I'll do what? And I got to fly. We got communion. I could do this all day. Number two, you got to give your God, your got to give God his first. And first thing is your heart. Mama, what else did you give to God? What else did you give to God? She gave God, say it with me, her what? Say that with me. I am what I am. The church for years has spent time trying to make people into something else. I'm me. I don't know if y'all figured that out yet. Hey, y'all walked with me in the parade yesterday. Was I any different in the parade than I am here? And I don't want to be any different. Well, I've got to look different. I'm in the parade. I've got to just get my act together. I ain't got my act together. How y'all doing? I am no better than you. I'm worse than most of you. So what? If I'm better than you, you still bad. You still going to hell. You got it? It ain't about that. It's about us knowing Him. Putting our faith in Him. Okay? And look, it's you being who you are. Well, I'm, I love the fact that we got so many men. Can I see your hand? If you're a man, don't you raise your hand? Don't you keep your hand out? If you're a man, let me see your hand. You're a man in this church. Look at that. Over half the people in this church are men. Come on, baby. Come on. Because men think, man, what can we do? We think church is sissy, going to church. What can we do? It's crazy. That's how a lot of us think. Listen, until we realize, wait a minute. God wants me to be me. He can use me just like I am. And he wants to. He's given me certain gifts. And if I'll give him my life, he will use me. It ain't about getting your hair cut. It ain't about us cloning people into other how a Christian's supposed to look. You hear me, yes or no? 
Say, that's what mama did. She said, I am what I am. And if you can use me, God, this is what mama said. Use me. And you know what God said? Look at this. God said this. Say it out loud. I'll use you. And he used my mama. Jesus answered and said unto the woman at the well, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. And this woman at the well, she'd been married five times, living with the sixth. This is in the Bible. And Jesus wasn't supposed to talk to this woman. <laughs> it's a woman, a Samaritan woman too, I think. And he wasn't supposed to talk to her at all. He was a rabbi. You know what Jesus said? Forget all that. I'm going. Amen? He said, whoever drinks of this water, I give him a thirst, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said, sir, give me this water that I thirst not again. So I don't have to come here and draw this water anymore at this well. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah is coming, which is called the Christ. And when he's come, he's going to tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, hey, guess what? You're talking to him. And upon this came his disciples. And here are these guys. Look how judgmental they are. They're fishermen. They're loser guys that he had picked. They forgot. They marveled that he was talking to the woman. But they were smart guys. Because no man said, why are you talking to her? Because I think he would have popped them right upside their head. Then that woman left when the disciples came with her water pot. She went her way into the city. Here's a woman. Her life was a wreck as well like my mom. She went back to the city and said to the men of the town, because men knew her, and men knew my mama, by the way. She said, come see a man which told me all things I ever did. They probably went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. She said, is not this the Christ? Then they all went out of the city and they came to the Lord. Now, it's just a brief scripture. What I'm saying is, God's been using sinners a long time. He started way back there. Because that's all he's got to work with. Say that with me. It's all he's got to what? Yeah. But he loves working with sinners. He worked with this woman. He worked with her mom. With my mom. My mom's life didn't seem like it was much to give. But she gave it anyway. She started her little church by loving people. That's the church. Temple Baptist Church. She had been a waitress for years and she had good communication skills as a waitress because that's how you get your money. And she had good people skills. She didn't know how to use them, but she did. She did. She did. And now she was using these skills that she had. She started using them for the Lord. She started opening up her mouth instead of cussing people and hurting people. She started trying to help people and talk to people good. She brought a love into that little country church that changed it forever. There's the pastor to the right that spoke here recently, Pastor Joey Bird. I took he and his wife out to eat up in the mountains last Saturday. This is real people. These are real stories. My mother didn't just take that love to the church. She took it to, to, that, to that little town of Rockingham. And uh, she loved on people and she communicated it to the people. Mama, when she went to the bank, she'd go there, do her little bit of banking she did. And she'd take a little peck of okra or something. But how she handled herself. Are y'all hearing me today or not? Yes or no? You've got to give God his first. You've got to give him your heart. You've got to give him your life. And he wants you. He wants you. He wants you. And then thirdly, mom gave her what? She gave her all. She said, if you can use what? Say it out loud. If you can use what? This. 
then you can have it. You know what God said to my mama? I'll use this. How many have ever used something crazy to bless somebody? Anybody in the room? I mean, it's something crazy. People think it's nuts. Okay? Some of you might not know what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians 9. But this I say, he that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Every man or woman, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Say it out loud with me. Not what? Not grudgingly. Or of what? Say that last part with me. For God loves a cheerful giver. See, that's who my mama was. And God's able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, that you may abound to every good work. Mama gave God her all. And she said, if you can use this. And my mama didn't have much. My mama was broke. My mama was poor. How can a poor woman, a woman living with a man now who's done catting around on her, and she's at home, and, well, the depression's gone because she found Jesus. And she also found a church where they loved. And she started getting involved and caring. But I want you to see, she was amazed that God could use the little things she had to give. I want you to just see a few of them. Small gifts. How many recently, you're not bragging, how many recently gave a little gift to somebody? Just a little old something. See there? Come on. Vegetables from her garden. This is how God wants to use you. And that's how I use Mama. A piece of pie or cake. How many gave somebody a piece of pie lately? It's good stuff, baby. You give it to me, I love it. A hanging basket. She could take something and just make it grow in a basket. It didn't cost her nothing, and she'd give it away to somebody. Well, I can't serve God. You can serve God. You're just not, you're just not, giving, him, you're not giving Him His first. You can do it, man. Toiletries. What does that mean? I mean toilet paper. She'd give people toilet paper. Did you know people need toilet paper? My mother was not ashamed to give a woman, she would keep stuff in her house. She'd get it on sale and rebate and coupon. She was not ashamed to give a woman tampons. But for years I was ashamed to say it on stage. (laughs) It is what it is, ain't it? Do you think some woman not having that and my mama doing that, do you think that touched that woman? Church don't do stuff like that. Yeah, the church does. It's called people. She'd go do some yard work for somebody. How many lately you've done a little yard work? But not your yard, somebody else's yard. See, you're doing it, guys. You're doing it, man. You're doing it. Maybe that's why we succeed here. A quilt or a cross-stitch piece. How many, how many crocheted or made a little something like that for somebody recently? Look at you people. And you might feel crazy when you're doing it. Why am I doing this? You're doing a good thing. Rebate checks. When my mother was murdered, she used to send me rebate checks. She'd rebate and she'd put my address on them so I could go get breakfast in the morning. One would come in $3, $5. When mom was murdered, they kept coming in. They kept coming in. I'd get one the next week. I'd get one the next week. They kept coming in. I never spent them. I still got them. Still got them, man. You can give something to somebody. Flea market. She'd take out stuff and put it in the flea market and sell it. And then she'd give that stuff to people, the money. 
Who? Your mama? My mama. Coupon savings. My mom would go coupon back in the day and would get money back when she got done at the register. How many of you done that before? You know what I'm talking about. Isn't that crazy? And people looking at you sideways because you got all your coupons. Hey, I'm sorry. This is good stuff. She gave time for people. How many recently you just took a little time for somebody? Just some somebody needed some of my time, man. Providing transportation for somebody. Because she finally did get her little car. My brother Kenny gave her a little Honda Civic way back in the day. And she would take people places. When she didn't have transportation, she'd ask the church, Can I, can I use that van to take Miss So-and-so to the doctor? Words of encouragement. How many of you knew somebody recently was down and God used you to say something positive? Can I see some hands? Something good? I did it, Pastor. I did it. I did it. I'm proud of you. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't this a terrible message? That's the best message I preach. Because this is a real message. She became one of the biggest givers at that little country church. They dedicated a a building to my mother's name in that area, in that town, that church. Thirty years have come and gone, but Mama lives on. She lives right here. She lives through me. Absolutely. And us. Some of you will hear this message today, and it's going to change you a little bit. You're going, to think, you know, you're going to not think it's quite as crazy to go do something for somebody that you were thinking about. Putting yourself down, that's, that's the devil. But you're going to go ahead and do it because you heard this today. Mama started a ministry there in that church called the Dorcas Ministry. I don't have time to do all this, Rod. Here's an email I got from somebody in 2011. This lady used to be in our church. She moved back north. But on her way home, she stopped by my hometown. She met real people in that little church that knew my mother. And this is an email to her that she sent me. Hi, Pastor. Here's what I'm writing about today. I, 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 don't, I want you to be certain that you know the details of how the Dorcas ministry became a reality in Rockingham. I know you're aware of your mama and Oreen Coward's her name. They started the Dorcas ministry at Temple Baptist Church. I noticed you didn't mention that today when you were talking about her. This lady's moved and gone and she writes me later. I can't get by with nothing. Now, maybe you just didn't want to mention everything she did. But I think it might be important to let the crowd know how this ministry to help people and love on people came to be. Miss O'Reen shared that story with me when I was there at Christmas. You probably know it, but just in case. They, your mom and Miss Coward, were in the car returning from a Bible study lunch. They started talking about the many hurting people and the needs within the community and the church. O'Reen said, your mama was very burdened about the sadness and difficult situations other people were encountering. Well, out of that conversation, your mama and O'Reen came up with the idea of starting a group to help other people in need. O'Reen says, your mama felt such an urgency about it, she said, let's turn the car around and let's go talk to Pastor Bird. How many have heard Pastor Bird? Sure you have. Let's do it right now. That's exactly what they did. Pastor was in his office. They approached him about the idea, and he said something like, go for it. And the Dorcas ministry was born. Of course, I'm crying now, but anyway, they birthed a ministry that's still in existence today, that's still helping people, that's still giving hope and encouragement and still loving on people. Sometimes congregations think all the programs and projects have to be thought of by the pastor or a church official. 
Your mama's story shows that when God places something on your heart, he wants you to find a way to make it happen. God used your mama's hurt and sadness to connect with others and make them feel included and important. That's her legacy. Well, part of her legacy. Pastor, I'm mentioning this as humbly as possible. I don't want to appear bossy or anything like that. How many times have I heard this? I just want to make sure that you have all the details. We love you, Marjorie Morris. I've got one last letter. Let's thank the Lord for Miss Marjorie. She's probably maybe watching. I don't know. One last letter. Who's your mama? Gary. You got to give God his first. Give him your heart. Give him your life. You are what you are. It is what it is. And give God this. Whatever this may be. It's okay. This is from her pastor, my buddy who I had dinner with on Saturday. And by the way, whenever I go out to eat with people, almost without fail, I always buy the lunch. And I'm going to eat with y'all. This sweet couple, I've known them for years. They lost their son. My heart breaks for you. I love you. And you've been with me for years. And we're going to go eat. You hear me? We're going to go eat. And you leave your money at the house. You know why I do that? Because of her legacy. She was a giver man. Her pastor said, this is her pastor, When I think of your mama, Ann Clark Riley, many fond memories parade through my mind. I see her sweat rag working on the church landscape. Red tips and pompous grass with a rose of Sharon planted carefully to make the church look special. I see her across my desk asking to start a ministry to those in need. This was the beginning of the Dorcas ministry, which has helped scores of people around the world. I remember as a lonely pastor, I was overwhelmed by responsibilities. A knock at my door one evening, it was your mama with several bags of groceries with her contagious smile. She reassured me everything was going to be all right. She visited Linda and I and the children one evening when we lived in a very small house behind the church. She said it was time for us to have a bigger place, a bigger house. You're my pastor and you're going to have a nice place, she insisted. Soon after, we moved into a nicer home. This was my mama. I remember just before she was murdered, she came to the altar that night. She prayed for her husband, Riley, hoping he would come to know the Lord. She had been threatened, beaten, and deprived, but she still prayed for him and claimed Romans 8.28. I remember the night of her death. She was praising the Lord for his goodness and grace. I followed her into the parking lot to see her new used pickup that my brother bought her. She talked about all the things she could do for the Lord now that she had transportation. Your mama was ministry-minded to the end. On and on I could go, but I close with a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. There's never been a man or woman in our history who led a life of ease whose name is worth remembering. Ann Clark Riley is worth remembering. Let's thank the Lord for his word today. Amen. Praise the Lord.